Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,193. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Back across the pond today, I seem to get over there quite a bit in London with a very special guest by the name of James Eaton. James, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Yes, I am. Absolutely. And as I keep saying, we're going to be talking about EVs, battery technology, no clutch needed, right? No, 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 no clutch in an EV now. Yeah. Sadly for the sort of driver enthusiast in me, there's no clutch. But. Yeah. Uh, maybe they could come up with an EV car where they just put a fake clutch pedal and you can just push it for fun, you know? Yeah. I, I think about that kind of thing sometimes. Like, how could you bring that sort of that raw driving experience to an EV? Obviously, you've got that instant torque demand, which is obviously great fun. But, you know, so things like the clutch and the engine noise, how, how do you, how do you recreate that feeling? I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know. We'll leave it up to a smart young fellow like you to figure that out, okay? I'm going to be counting on you. So <laughs> next you. time we talk, which I hope will be sometime again in the future, you'll have that problem solved for me. So I'll be asking you that question as well. well I'll keep it in mind. I'll ask around. So okay. Come up with some I appreciate that. So before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into this very cool business you've created, what's one thing that most people don't know about you, James? Um, I think, I mean, I, I think my friends would know, but definitely in the industry, I, I don't talk so much about my personal life, but I am a huge football fan. Football being soccer, soccer football okay. being soccer for, okay. the, for the Americans out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, big Manchester United fan. Um, always, always have been, always, always will be. Well, you think football's fans are crazy over here, but you guys are, you like take it to the another level. Yeah. It's cubed. It's a big, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. Sure. Very cool. I love it. Well, let me give you a proper introduction because I really want to dive into what you're up to. James Eaton is the co-founder and CEO of Ionetic, where they give a niche vehicle makers a highly time efficient and cost effective route to electrification, empowering them to successfully overcome the complex challenges of adopting to the future of mobility. Whew. I got worn out just reading that. James grew up in Yorkshire and studied mechanical engineering at Imperial College London, where he developed skills in design, manufacturing, and testing of battery packs for electric vehicles. But he spotted an opportunity in the market and began building a consultancy alongside uh, Monica Marinescu, yeah, a senior lecturer at Imperial College London that has over 10 years of experience in battery technologies, combining its in-house operations with a highly agile development and production philosophy. Ionetic enables niche vehicle makers to significantly cut the time and cost required to achieve the comprehensive battery pack solutions that they need. And did I mention that James is only 24 years old? Holy cow. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsor. So give them a little love and we'll be right back. Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered for moderate weather conditions. Plus, it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's very soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV rain and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, well, simply add their gust guards for those windy conditions for extra protection. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form, and fit with the quality and specifics 
that have been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and your watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover, whether it's stored inside or out. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code ya 21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company, and I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework, I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around, and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider, according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Fall is here, and you know what that means. Time to put a good coat of protection on your vehicle. I'm teamed up with AutoGeek, and they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started back in 1997 as a small mail-order catalog company grew into a multi-website-based e-commerce store, and that's what they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries, and its retail sector ships worldwide. If you want to protect your vehicle this fall, and you should, go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and technical support. AutoGeek.net is where I go for my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. So, James, uh, you're a young guy, but I have a feeling when you were uh, sitting in class and maybe perhaps after class when most of your mates were off at the pub, you were in the lab working on some things. You know, this is pretty cool. I love having young people on the show because for a long time, us old guys have worried that there aren't going to be any fanatics and enthusiasts in the automotive sector coming up. But what's happening right now in electronics, EV cars, batteries is just mind boggling. So I'm going to learn some things from you. So I'd love for you to kind of take us back to when you were in school, you were spotting some of these opportunities, and then you did a big pivot. You thought you were going to go down one path and you ended up going down another. So how did we get to Ionetic? Yeah, I mean, I, going way back to school, I, I've always been a big car nerd um, and always been into my engineering. 
Still remember Lewis Hamilton winning the world championship in 2008 very vividly. Love F1, love cars. Yeah, I'm the kind of person who like, you know, we're walking down the street and I'll be like, oh, did you see that? Yeah, Aston Martin or, or whatever else. So always been a big car person. Then, yeah, went to Imperial College London to study mechanical engineering and ended up working in, in batteries while, while I was an undergrad. Then got hired by Imperial to do battery pack research. So, you know, I've now spent over four years working in battery packs, which I guess I am young and maybe four years isn't that long. But in battery packs, that's a long time because it's such a new industry. And obviously, we're in this position now where automotive has just been flipped on its head. And if you've spent 30 years designing combustion engines, that's sort of not in favor anymore. So, yeah, when when I was a researcher at Imperial, I noticed this opportunity where I had somehow become the expert on the future powertrain of, of this vehicle and thought, you know, I, I should leverage that and start this company. And then I went and spoke to a few different car companies and they all had the same problem, which is how we ended up doing the pivot. So we basically realized that there are a lot of car companies that are being priced out on electrifying because developing a custom battery pack is currently so expensive. So what we do is we make battery pack development cheaper so that people can electrify faster, essentially. So we, we do both the design, the testing, and the manufacturing. Um, so we're, we'll be launching our manufacturing capability uh, and growing it over the coming years. Uh, and we primarily target low-volume manufacturers and, and niche vehicle manufacturers. You know, I've talked to a lot of people in the last year specifically that are, in, some of them in this niche market of creating vehicles, everything from people taking classic cars and electrifying them, which is, you know, at first blasphemy, how could you do that? And now I've driven a couple and it was like, okay, this is kind of cool. These are fast and they've redone suspension components, brakes so that they can be fun, but you still feel like you're back in time all the way to companies that are creating brand new cars and small companies, not the, the big yeah. companies like Tesla or GM or Ford, or, you know, those guys trying to catch up with Tesla. It seems like what they're all trying to do. Could you talk to us a little little bit as layman, like I'll speak for myself about battery technology of how some of these challenges for these small companies, what exactly are they? What are they facing? Because even the big guys, you think about battery technology has been around for a while. I mean, I think Ferdinand Porsche built the first, his first car was electric and then they abandoned that, of course, yeah. uh, because they found this stuff in the ground that worked a little bit better. Walk us through some of these challenges these young companies are facing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, electric cars are not new, right? They, they, as, as you say, like the first one was built o over a hundred years ago, and you know, you had electric milk floats and all these things, and, and they've been around. But you know, obviously, now we've hit this inflection point. We're now trying to electrify everything, really. In terms of the challenges, that there are honestly a lot. You've, you've got affordability being one of them. You know, if your vehicle development budget is, let's say, twenty million dollars, you it's going to be hard to develop a battery pack from scratch for that price. And it doesn't, there's not really a lot of solutions in the market. If you're a low volume manufacturer, you're probably going to face a minimum order quantity problem. Um, you know, if you, if you look at some of the major cell suppliers in the world, you know, you're looking at a billion dollar minimum order quantity, which wow. if you're making <laughs> a thousand vehicles a year, let's say that's not going to work. Um, and then you've got performance, right? You know, things like energy density, things like making sure you meet all your requirements, minimize mass, um, get your range to where it needs to be. All those things mean you need to design custom solutions. You can't just go and buy a box of batteries off the shelf and stick it in your vehicle because it, it won't fit or it'll weigh too much or you know, you'll have to sacrifice 
packaging constraints like passenger comfort or you know in a case of something like a a bus or a truck the weight of the pack is hugely important because every kilogram you add into the battery is a kilogram you lose from either how many people you can fit or how much cargo you can carry so there are a lot of challenges facing facing automotive manufacturers as we make this, frankly, enormous transition through to electrification from a traditional combustion uh, option. Another big part of this is, well, range anxiety is the key word that everyone uses, but also the ability to charge quickly. I had a guest on the show several yeah. months ago from Israel who is designing very quick charge batteries that they're about to bring out with some major manufacturers that can charge in less than five minutes. So by the time you go in, have a candy bar, a Slurpee, and use the bathroom, you come out, it's like filling your car with gasoline, uh, petrol, diesel, whatever you use. So are you helping people in that capacity as well? Because this stuff is all moving at kind of warp speed. It's almost like in six months, you figure out one thing and then everybody changes and it's got to go down this path. How do you keep up? Yeah, so fast charging isn't something we're necessarily developing as a core technology. Our, our core technologies are about you know, making sure we can get you a tailored custom solution for an affordable price. Um, but obviously, we still keep fast charging in mind, and we're always trying to push that that barrier forward so we can bring charging times down. I think one thing there is to say is that I think we're going to get some psychological changes in sort of the consumer base almost to do with how EVs work. because. I mean, how often, I mean, you know, we've got plenty of EVs now with a 300 mile range or a 400 mile range. And, you know, you're really getting close to the limit of what you can do in a day um, in terms of driving, especially without stopping. Right. You, you If you right. drive 500 miles in one day, you're going to have to stop for more than sort of 30 yeah. minutes. At yeah. Some point, you're going right? to get a little tired. So I, th- I think there is, you know, I think the technological sort of side, it's definitely coming forward. I mean, even in the last sort of few years, we're seeing significant improvements in charge times. And, you know, five minute charging is going to be great. And at that point, you, know, you can't really say this range is a problem anymore, right? Because you're just going to be able to get charged up again like that. Um, but I think I think there's a bit on the consumer side, you know, almost myself included, right? You know, I was, I was looking at um, an electric vehicle for my mum. And the range on it was five miles less than the distance from my home in Yorkshire to my home in London. So I had to charge or get the extended range version of the vehicle. Um, so that, that, you know, it's still there. And I, I include myself in this, but I think we are going to slowly, uh, well, or, or not very quickly, maybe get those charging times down. And that range anxiety is sort of going to go away pretty quickly, I think. It's all about education, and you add in the politics of the world, and you add in emotion, and you add in disinformation, i.e. social media disinformation, and you get this jumbled soup that could either taste very good or there's too many chefs in the kitchen and too much salt, and all of a sudden you go, I don't like this. And I have to say for myself, I would be a perfect candidate, my wife and I. I work from home. She's retired. We don't go on road trips. When we travel, we go to the airport and fly somewhere. Uh, we don't have to drive that far to visit family. So we'd be the perfect fit for that type of thing. However, maybe I want to start doing road trips. So how does that going to affect? But what you just said is a great example. Do I really want to drive more than three, 400 miles a day? Um, I'm not a long haul trucker, you know? <laughs> I mean, I want to stop and enjoy things and fill up. So yeah, there's all these things. So in your business, you aligned yourself... <laughs> Uh, with a professor, I believe, Monica, that you're working with. 
And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about why, because first of all, I mentioned in your intro, she's got 10 years of experience in battery technology. She's obviously older than you, so there's other things with experience, because I said you're a young guy. How did this collaboration come together, and what benefits have you seen from it? So Monica was my boss, essentially, before I stopped working for Imperial College. So when you were hired by them to do the, the testing? and Yeah. Oh, so, okay. All yeah. right. So um, when I was hired by Imperial, Monica became my, my manager at Imperial. So that's how we sort of came to work closely together. Her experience obviously speaks for itself almost with her, her advice and expertise. You know, she's sort of, I think, 11, 12 years maybe now in, in battery pack uh, or in battery research. She's got an enormous amount of content knowledge, but also she is a great sounding board. So great to speak to on, on sort of strategic and direction and making sure we're hitting all our milestones and timelines. So uh, she really is um, very useful to have on board for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I like to talk about inspiring people, people who inspired you, mentors, perhaps. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about who's been a key influencer in your life to get you to this point of obviously being a very hard-driven person at a young age. I don't like to sort of lay too much weight on inspirational people because invariably the, the people you think of, not necessarily everything about them you'd want to copy. You know, like one, one of my early inspirations and one of the sort of first, I, I guess, almost adult books I read was uh, Steve Jobs's biography by Walter Isaacson. Uh, and Steve Jobs was, I, I feel like I was, I was quite inspired by Steve Jobs and how he created Apple. But obviously, when you read about how he managed some of the people at, at Apple, that's not necessarily how I'd want to treat some of my employees. <laughs> yeah. He's a tough guy to work for. Yeah, it's the same with someone like Elon Musk, right? He has done unbelievable things and arguably has accelerated EV adoption and development by a decade, maybe more. Yeah, great achievements. But, you know, again, they're like, would you want to model yourself on Elon Musk? I don't know. I mean, what something that inspired me recently is the James Webb Space Telescope. I've actually now set it, uh, What one of the images is my screensaver on my phone. Oh, yeah. Because... I, you know, you look at that project, right? You know, how many, I think they spent $10 billion on it. Thousands of people, thousands of people for 30 years worked on that thing. Anything had gone wrong. If they'd been out by one millimeter, the photos wouldn't exist. And I like look at that photo and I like look at my phone and I'm like, I mean, if we can, if as a society, so we can do this, surely, you know, I can achieve what I'm doing with, with Ionetic, right? I mean, so I think that that was something that definitely inspired me recently, for sure. Um, I, I think there are a lot of people you look at and, you know, you, I, I really admire what they've achieved. Um, RJ at, at Rivian, um, he's, he's obviously done a great job, spent years getting getting Rivian to where it is today. I think my family, to be honest, quite inspiring. They've always been very supportive. Um, and they've, they've definitely helped. I, I don't think I would be where I am today without, without my family, for sure. Oh, for sure. You know, I recently had a guest on the show, uh, has a company called Luna, and he was tell he recreates garments from the past. And one of the things he's really into is space and the Apollo system from the 60s, the yeah. Apollo missions. And he was telling me how many tens of thousands of people worked on that project. And same thing, if, if they'd done one little calculation wrong when they launched that rocket to go to the moon, or even during the orbit while the two guys were on the moon, it, everything would have gone bad and we yeah. had some things that went bad with the apollo system uh, yeah. missions obviously yeah it's it's pretty 
crazy and but it's pretty cool and what you're doing and all the people are doing in the EV world to make this possible in in good ways and help in a variety of ways is is pretty phenomenal so uh but yeah uh, i have some friends who work for steve jobs uh and even bill gates at microsoft and uh also a friend of mine's daughter worked with uh elon and very special people challenging people to be around uh incredibly driven to me elon i've, I've said this before the reason he wants to go to mars is that's where he's from because he's mm. out of this world i mean i i imagine spending an hour in his head <laughs> yeah i mean uh, yeah Obviously, in, in all, yeah, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, all incredibly successful people who have certainly changed the outcome of humanity, certainly changed the world. Um, and, you know, you've you got to admire and respect that, but you've got to be still your own person and still sort of make your own decisions yes. about who you want to be, what kind of boss you want to be, what kind of change you want to make in the world. So. Absolutely. Good thinking. We'll take another short break. We come back. I want to talk about maybe a, a big challenge you faced in creating this business and what it taught you. So keep that in mind and we'll be right back. We'll stop for a little charge. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars, yeah, for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six and there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or type in RENEW12 for two years where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free Linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars Yeah. He's become a good friend of mine, and I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting, and now that I'm going to be getting six a year, <laughs> even more special. So go to Linkage mag.com again use the code renew6 or renew12 to get that special deal do it before december 31st 2022 so that in 2023 you'll get six issues of linkage magazine instead of four how did you discover your path to a fulfilling life too many young people flounder in finding an education and a career that fits but for those who have a passion for cars trucks and motorcycles and who love working with their hands, problem solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. Cars yeah is pleased to team up with TechForce Foundation, our charity of choice in bringing scholarships, technical education, and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future. Join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today. So let's talk about this challenge. I love asking the challenge question. This is one big challenge, failure, obstacle, some big thing that really kind of set you back a bit. But when you look back on it, you think, wow, wonderful learning lesson. I've had many people on this show. In fact, one young lady who said, every January, my New Year's resolution is to fail 100 times in the new year. Because that means I tried 100 new things. Wow. What a wonderful way of thinking. Yeah, I like that. So let's talk about this for you and uh, your battery technology company. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of a huge challenge, I mean, I think I'm very much still in, <laughs> in <it. laughs> the biggest challenge of, of my life for sure. I mean, I still learn every day 
about how, how to grow this company, how to stay strategic, stay goal focused. I mean, if I wasn't learning every day, I mean, probably doing something wrong. So, I mean, I'm very much still in what I would say is the biggest challenge of my life so, so far, at least. I mean, I, I guess before this sort of something that has an outcome, maybe, um, I'd say maybe my, my university degree, my, my master's course. I mean, I, I spent basically my whole life sort of aspiring to do mechanical engineering. Like I, the decision was made very early that I was going to do mechanical engineering. And then I obviously got into a great university at, at Imperial. And then it was it was hard. It was a lot of work. It was a sort of very sadistic enjoyment uh, of, <laughs> yeah. of life almost for a few years. But, I mean, I did it, right? I, I, in the end, I sort of overcame the great deal of stress and work and, and long hours and exams and all those things and did did well in, in my degree in the end. Well, they were just prepping you for running a company in a way. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very different challenges. I think the long hours, for sure. I mean, you've definitely got to be resilient uh, in, in both. I mean, obviously, with exams, you know, the first time, normally the first time you do a, like a past paper on the subject, you do terribly. And you just got to sort of like accept that that's going to happen and then try and get better. And that's definitely, um, definitely the case in a startup. You're, you're bound to make mistakes and you're bound to get rejections and you need to be resilient and believe in the mission and believe in what you're trying to do and ultimately achieve the goals you're aiming for. So let's look forward not too far, because looking into the future too far is, is a tough thing to do. But maybe just in the next year or two, where do you see your company being or where would you like it to be? I mean, we've got to get production deployed for sure, but both for a sample and for beyond. I think we need, obviously need to grow the team significantly. We need to grow our technology. We need to grow all those different capabilities. And yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to driving a vehicle that has our battery pack in it when that comes in the hopefully not too distant future. So yeah, in the next two years, that's really what it's about. It's about it's about growing and really getting our place in the market and really about enabling people to electrify that have maybe spent the last few years struggling. Do you have the same kind of challenges? You mentioned growing a team that we have over here in the United States of finding people to work for you. That I, I speak to so many people in all different sectors of automotive manufacturing, development, so forth. Uh, restoration. It's an ongoing issue, especially since the start of COVID. Just the words are, where have all the workers gone? Are you seeing the same challenges over there? Or are you in a different place because you're in the forefront of technology? So I would imagine there's maybe a lot of people that want to be there because it's new, it's different, it's exciting, it's challenging. I think there are people who definitely fall on both sides, right? There are people who want to work in a startup for all of the reasons you work in a startup, you know, the culture and the um, the, the growth and the challenge, but you know, it's not necessarily for everybody. You know, if you have two kids and a mortgage, do you want to risk everything going to a startup? Right. Probably not. Yeah. You want to make that goal, make that risk of going to a startup. And yeah, it's understandable if you make the decision not to. In terms of sort of labor in general, I mean, obviously one of the biggest challenges for working in batteries is that it's so new. There are that many people just mm. relatively mm -hmm. so you know you've really got to either look at people coming out of university or you know at, at least in batteries it seems what's actually happening is salaries just going up and up and up because it's so competitive um, sure. but you know if, if you want the best talent that's sort of the price you got to pay 
So you mentioned early on in our talk today, your passion for cars goes way back to when you were a kid. Let's talk about that passion for cars. Is there one special car in your past? Maybe it was your first car uh, that's really special for you? Yeah, I I had a few thoughts on this. Well, my first car was a uh, Seat Ibiza, uh, which is like a sort of VW Polo small sized thing. I'm not sure if they I'm not sure if they sell it in the US. Um, But yeah, that was my first car. I think obviously that the photo I sent you of me driving a 650s in McLaren, that was <laughs> that's a jump. That was like a track day. So I drove a few cars before that. I drove a I think a Ferrari 458, uh, Aston Martin DBS, and a Nissan GTR. And I ended with the McLaren, which was an intentional decision because I thought I'd build up. And driving that car was just it was the first time I've driven something that is like not to say the other cars aren't fast. This was like fast as i've never had i have the video of me driving that car at the dash cam and my face when i like the first time i floored it i got up to i don't know not too long i was doing 130 miles an hour and i just i just couldn't believe it Uh, and then the air brake as well it just stops it was one of the most just insane experiences the first time driving something like properly quick I mean, another vehicle that holds a very special place in my heart is the Aston Martin DB9. I mean, both, both the, the sort of 2006 and the facelift version in whenever that was, 2012. I, I think, um, I don't really know what started it, but it's just, since I can remember, it's always been my my favorite car. And one time my, my dad took me into... I think I must have been about nine or 10. My dad took me into an Aston Martin dealership, but I, I got to sit in one and this uh-huh. was like a very exciting point in my life. Oh yeah. And I still remember the first ever time I saw one in person. I remember the, I remember where I was. I remember the weather like so vividly the first time I saw one. It was in Yorkshire. It was in Malton. If anyone wants to Google where that is. So I'm going to be your car psychologist today. Crawl into your head a little bit here. If you were manifest reincarnated as a vehicle, not what you want to be though. This is how you perceive your personality as an actual vehicle. That's the key here. What would you be and why? This is a tough one because I don't think my personality is a McLaren or an Aston Martin. I sort of tried to think about how my friends would describe me. Okay. That's a good way to go. Yeah. One uh, (laughs) one of my friends um, was once asked to describe me in a word and said efficient. Okay. Uh, But I'm also quite extroverted. Uh, in case that hasn't come across in this interview. <laughs> so I was, I don't know, I tried to think about sort of those two things and what car that is. And I was, and I sort of had naturally sort of felt compelled that it had to be electric. Of um, course, of given course, that I it's, could see that. Given its you know, efficiency. Right. So I was thinking maybe like what's an electric, like extroverted vehicle. So I was thinking maybe something like one of the electric hypercars, maybe like a, a Rimac Nevera or something of that persuasion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether that's, uh, patting myself on the back a bit too much. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> well, that was that was where my head went. Okay, I think we could go there. I, I have no problem with that. Now, how about a great book? I love books here at Cars. Yeah, is there a great book you've read that you might share that others you think could either enjoy or learn a lot from? I mean, the the books I tend to read aren't so car focused. One of the last books I read that I really enjoyed was Getting to Yeah, which I think is written by two Harvard professors. Probably quite a common answer, I imagine. It's quite a popular book. You know, actually, um, I've only I think I've only had that book recommended once, which I'm a little bit surprised. But uh, yeah, you know, yeah. there's so many great business type esque books out there, but that's a great one. Yeah, Getting to Yeah, um, about how to negotiate effectively. That was um, 
And it's it's not even about sort of getting what you want. It's about like how do you actually set up a negotiation so everyone feels like they got a fair outcome? I mean, maybe if we applied that to some real life examples, maybe the world would be a bit better place. Um, Yeah, yeah. also currently reading Endurance Mm -hmm. by Alfred Lansing, which is about Shackleton's journey to Antarctica. Yeah. So I'm 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 not 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 finished that yet, but it's a it's an interesting read for sure, reading about that experience. Well, you think about those pioneers back in the day, lack of equipment like we have today. I mean, it really it's like when they went to the moon. I mean, going into the dark, pretty brave souls. And in a way, and indulge me here, that's how I see people like you on the forefront of EV. I mean, going into areas that have not been explored too much and trying to make this work in a positive way for everybody. So uh, there you go. Maybe not quite as cold yeah. as going to Antarctica, but... <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we're, we're maybe a bit more technologically prepared than, than they were back then. But uh, yeah, um, yeah I mean, there's, there's def- the EV is definitely pushing sort of a new frontier. Um, so I guess there are similarities there. But uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm a bit more comfortable uh, than, than they probably were on that journey. So the ultimate drive here, this is a fun one. I'm going to enable you. Think of me as a benefactor with an endless check. Wow. One of those big golfer's checks, you know, with lots of zeros. <laughs> the decimal point's way to the right. I'm going to park anything, any car in the world in your driveway. You can take it for a drive. And here's the key. You can take anybody with you, even somebody from the past who's no longer with us. So, And you can be driving anywhere you'd like. So what does that ultimate drive look like for a guy like you, James? This is like when someone asks you what your favorite song is and suddenly like, you, you can't can, think of any songs. Overwhelmed <laughs> by the number of songs. Well, I always kind of, you know, it is a bit of an overwhelming thought process. However, I say, well, break it down to maybe just for the weekend, upcoming weekend, you know, what would you like to do? And uh, you call, you ring up your pal Mark over here in the States and, you know, he'll fly any vehicle you'd like to. Or, or if you want to come over here and drive somewhere, you know, anywhere. So... Okay, I think I have two answers. Okay. Which maybe is a cop-out. No, no, that's okay. Firstly, and, and I know this isn't possible because there's one seat, I would love to be driven around like Silverstone by an F1 driver oh. in an F1 car. Okay, like it, yeah. Because, I mean, like, you're never going to move faster than that. Just the experience of it, I think, would be just amazing. I just would love to... Oh, I mean, well, I, you could, maybe something more practical, just go out in, I don't know, like something hypercar-esque, like an Aston Martin Valkyrie or an AMG Project One. So just get taken around Silverstone by Lewis Hamilton. Sure. I think that'd be an amazing experience. I think other than that, I'm pretty sure I'd want to be with my friends or, you know, a friend if it's a two-seater or two friends if it's a McLaren. A McLaren, uh, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I, I think I definitely want to be with friends. I definitely want to be driving. I think, yeah, maybe somewhere like somewhere like the Alps or I love I love the sea, I love the coastal roads. Maybe like um, I did Route 1, but I did it pretty quickly. Um, so I maybe would like to do that again. Uh, or maybe somewhere like driving along the Mediterranean, like the Riviera, South oh, yeah. France. Definitely want something fun, not like a you know, saloon. Maybe... Something not too heavy, so you still get a bit of dynamic behavior. I mean, maybe maybe a DB9, maybe that maybe that would be the that way. wouldn't be bad. A, a DB9, a DB9 that was just like set up perfectly. Um, maybe one of the, one of the new ones. Maybe maybe get some maybe get CarPlay in there as well, so you got a bit of creature comfort. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that would probably be. I mean, uh, that that be pretty much a dream, really, wouldn't it? Driving along the south of France and that's the Martin well, with a friend. 
I got an idea for you here based going back to the F1 car because when I was at the Ferrari factory, this was back in 2011, part of their client oh. program. And I spent three days there and they had a car back. Well, they had a whole bunch of old Ferraris back in this room from all eras. I mean, it was that you walk into this room and there's, I don't know, 50, 60 of them lined up. You're just like, oh my gosh. And one of the two of the cars in there were three seater Ferrari F1 cars. I didn't know these things ever existed. Driver in the middle, two seats, kind of like a McLaren, a little bit back. So it could take two people around the test track there at Fiorino. Oh, my God. Yeah. So maybe put Hamilton in the driver's seat. Uh-huh. You can take a friend with you. And uh, wow. why not? Yeah. I didn't know those even existed. I, I'll send you a picture of it. Um, I've told people. Yours? What was your ultimate drive? Does anyone ever ask? <laughs> You're going to flip the mic on me, aren't you? Yeah. Well, what's your ultimate drive? Oh, caught me off guard here because it's always kind of changing. I, th- I think it's still the way I answered it a few years ago for a fellow Brit that I had on the show who's over here building some pretty cool cars, a guy named Rob Dickinson who started the Singer Porsche car company. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Cool. And uh, I think I'd have him build me a car. And then I would take my dad, who I lost about five years ago for a drive in that Porsche, uh, probably would be in Europe somewhere because I've driven a lot here in the U.S. And that Highway 1 I've done many times, even rode a bicycle up down Highway 1 once uh, for a week-long trip. But uh, yeah, I think that's what I do. That'll be good. Yeah. So you've taken us on an amazing drive into the future, which is here now. Uh, could you maybe leave us with some parting words of wisdom or advice or a men- uh, mentor, a mantra of some kind? I think my, my, my granddad was always a big influence on me. I would always you know, come out with some, some words of wisdom. I think I'll probably use those. And the, the, one of the ones he used to say all the time was, um, if at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. And uh, that was sort of driven into me as a, as a child. I think that's important. I think you know, you've, got, you've got to develop resilience to to build businesses and to achieve your goals really i mean if you can't you can't just give up anytime there's any resistance um so i think that's probably that's probably the one i'd well you know it's in line with uh, another guy from your country uh, mr churchill uh never give up never ever ever give up you know he had some great quotes right when marching through hell keep marching all those things so yeah you know it's what startups it's what life is all about you got to keep trying things, keep moving forward. So I love it. How can people learn more about Ionetic? Yeah, you can you can Google us, uh, check out our website, uh, follow us on LinkedIn or follow me on LinkedIn as well. You can find me on there. I'm sure you can leave some uh, some links in the description. Um, so yeah, link, LinkedIn or the website's the best way to do. I'll do that. That's I-O-N-E-T-I-C, Ionetic. Very, very cool. Hey, I want to do a shout out. Thank you to the team there at Influence Mobility. Tom, Louise, and James for connecting me to you today. They do a great job. They brought me some wonderful guests Yeah, over time. So thank you, guys. James, thanks for being so generous today and sharing uh, an amazing world you're creating for all of us. This has been really fantastic. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you electrified down the road. Great. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.